1: It's a daily podcast on macro, Bitcoin, and the big picture power shifts remaking our world. The Breakdown is sponsored by Nexo.io, Chainalysis, and FTX, and produced and distributed by Coindesk. What's going on, guys? It is Friday, September 30th, and today we're discussing Fed Chair Jerome Powell's comments on DeFi. Before we get into that, however, if you are enjoying The Breakdown, please go subscribe to it, give it a rating, give it a review, or if you want to dive deeper into the conversation come join us on the Breakers Discord. You can find a link in the show notes or go to bit.ly slash breakdown pod. Also a disclosure, as always, in addition to them being a sponsor of the show, I also work with FTX. All right, folks, well, we have been deep in the macro weeds, so I wanted to use today as a chance to catch up on some of the crypto stories that have been happening in and around market madness this week. And we start with Jay Powell himself. Earlier this week, Fed Chair Jerome Powell spoke at an event hosted by the French Central Bank. He was on a panel discussion focused on DeFi, digital assets, and systemic risk. A couple of key points from Powell's comments. First, he argued that there is now a new context for DeFi, based on a global rise in interest rates. This, Powell suggested, has exposed quote, significant structural issues in the DeFi ecosystem. Expanding that out, he said the monetary policy normalization that we're seeing all over the world. All it did was reveal significant structural issues in the DeFi systems and conflicts of interest. All of those things have been revealed now that the tide has gone out. As a quick aside, let's not let go by the monetary policy normalization, as opposed to monetary tightening. This man is never not political. Anyways, he also said that DeFi has big issues around transparency, which was a real head scratcher for the Twitterati, who pointed out that the entire hallmark of DeFi is that everything happens on-chain. In fact, many pointed out that it seemed like Powell was confused between centralized finance crypto apps and decentralized finance crypto apps. In any case, his tone was definitely more skeptical than we'd seen in the past. To the extent there was an upside of recent DeFi turmoil, he said, it was that there simply isn't much interaction yet between DeFi and the traditional system. Quote, the good news, I suppose, is that the interaction from a financial stability standpoint the interaction between the DeFi ecosystem and the traditional banking system and traditional financial system is not that large at this point. The DeFi winter didn't have significant effects on the banking system and broader financial stability due to the lack of links between them. However, he said, quote, that situation will not persist indefinitely. There's a real need for more appropriate regulation, so that as DeFi expands and starts to touch more retail customers and that sort of thing, appropriate regulation is in place, end quote. Powell also said that rather than create a whole new set of rules, he favored using the conventional rules of finance for DeFi as well. He cited the mantra, same risks, same regulation. Now, in his comments, he also discussed stablecoins. He said again that here we needed regulation to help ensure that they have sufficient reserves to meet their typical one to one redemptions. Powell also spoke about the potential of a US central bank digital currency. As he always does, he hedged pretty aggressively, saying that they're still deliberating and that he doesn't expect them to make a call soon. Quote, at the end of the day, we will need approval from both the executive branch and Congress to move ahead with a central bank digital currency. So we see this as a process of at least a couple years, where we're doing work and building public confidence in our analysis and in our ultimate conclusions, which, as I say, we certainly haven't reached yet. Now, earlier this month, in a different set of comments, Powell said that the Fed's thinking around a CBDC has been driven by four specific ideas. One, a digital dollar would have to protect privacy. Two, it would have to work through intermediaries that exist in the financial system, such as banks. Three, it would have to be widely transferable. And four, it would have to use identity verification to combat money laundering. Now, if Powell's comments were a little more bearish than we'd seen before, other central bankers were even more harsh. You can tell that there is definitely a current emboldening of skepticism right now and a lot of residual anger coming off of the terror situation. Singapore Monetary Authority's Ravi Menon said, I don't see any redeeming value in cryptocurrencies their time for reckoning has come. ECB President Christine Lagarde said that the collapse of TerraUSD was Exhibit A in why there needed to be new rules for the sector. Lagarde said that from its origins of Bitcoin, crypto has been, quote, abused. Still, when all was said and done, most people on Twitter were really focused on the transparency comments. Tier10K wrote, Powell, very significant structural issues in DeFi around transparency. To which Anthony Sassano replied, literally everything that happens in DeFi is on-chain and transparent. Another commenter responded to Sasano saying to be fair, the likes of Celsius, Terra, and co. were shilled profusely as DeFi revolution by pretty much all prominent crypto influencers, educators, and personalities alike, and those who didn't conform were bullied into silence. For better regulations, we need better education. Sasano responded, and therein lies the problem, really. Powell thinks these things are DeFi when they are anything but that. I also really liked AndrewLloyd.Eth's summary of Powell's comments. He writes, TLDR, DeFi is real and a threat? smart contracts are real and a threat, and we admit they're good. We think the Fed should be in control of creating money. Stablecoins are risky, but f do we want one. We're drafting policy to control stuff if we can. I guess if you take anything from this, it's the fact that DeFi is clearly on the agenda for folks like Powell and Lagarde, and I think that that focus is going to do nothing but increase. Staying on the theme of regulations and government engagement with crypto, the California Department of Financial Protection and Innovation, DFPI, filed cease-and-desist orders against 11 little-known crypto firms on Tuesday, alleging they were misappropriating customer funds or violating state securities laws. The regulator said in a press release, each of the 11 entities allegedly offered and sold unqualified securities, and 10 of them also made material misrepresentations and omissions to investors. The entities are all alleged to have used investor funds to pay purported profits to other investors in the manner of a Ponzi scheme. I mention this only as another example of the enforcement side of the growing regulatory discourse. And frankly, this part, actually prosecuting scams and schemes, doesn't bother me a bit. It's more that this gets conflated with everything else. Nexo
0: is a security-first platform built for the long run with everything you need for your crypto. Five key fundamentals, including real-time auditing and insurance on custodial assets, safeguard your funds. Making Nexo the right place for you to buy, exchange, and borrow against your assets safely. Learn more about Nexo's reliable business model and start your crypto journey at nexo.io. That's nexo.io. Eager to make more informed decisions around crypto? Chainalysis is here to help. Chainalysis demystifies cryptocurrency by providing industry-leading compliance, market intelligence, and investigations support for all crypto assets. For organizations like Gemini, Crypto.com, and BlockFi, gain unparalleled visibility and maximize your potential with the leading blockchain data platform by visiting us now at chainalysis.com slash coindesk. The Breakdown is sponsored by FTX US.
1: In the Terra case some new updates. Terraform Labs has finally started to make statements. Founder Do Kwon has spoken out against his persecution following the collapse of the Luna ecosystem in May. He called the entire process quote highly politicized. A spokesperson for Terraform Labs said that South Korean prosecutors had demonstrated quote unfairness and a failure to uphold basic rights guaranteed under Korean law and added that there is no reasonable basis for accusations of breaches of capital markets law. Last Sunday, Interpol issued a red notice asking global law enforcement to assist with Kwan's arrest after he was unable to be located in Singapore. South Korean prosecutors claim that Kwan is evading their investigation, saying that he is obviously on the run. Those are their words. Kwon, on the other hand, maintains that he is quote in contact with all government agencies that have asked to communicate with him. In this recent statement, the spokesperson said Kwon is quote not on the run and remains actively involved in the management and oversight of Terraform Labs. The statement comes following controversy surrounding the Luna Foundation Guard, a Bitcoin reserve established to defend the Luna stablecoin peg. The fund held more than 80,000 Bitcoin in early May, worth more than $1.5 billion at the time. On Tuesday, prosecutors sent requests to exchanges KuCoin and OKX to freeze 3,313 Bitcoin, worth around $76 million. The Bitcoin had been transferred shortly after an arrest warrant was issued for Kwan on September 14th. KuCoin has frozen 1354 Bitcoin while OKX was allegedly ignoring the request according to early reporting from CoinDesk Korea. Later they issued a statement, quote, "OKX can confirm that it has received a request from the Korean authorities and that it is cooperating with their investigation." Do Kwan denied the accusations that he had tried to cash out the Bitcoin on Twitter, saying, "What has probably been the most surprising in all of this is the amount of misinformation that gets spread." There is no cash out as alleged. I haven't used KuCoin or OKX in at least the last year and no funds of TFL, LFG or any other entities have been frozen. In fact, Doe has been super active on Twitter. In a thread, he wrote, yeah, as I said, I'm making zero effort to hide. I go on walks and malls. No way none of CT hasn't run into me the past couple of weeks. He also commented on the red notice and discussed making plans with another crypto investor. It was so noticeable that he even got a Bloomberg article. Crypto CEOs are quitting, but Doe Quan can't quit Twitter. Anyway, moving on through the list of some interesting news. TBD, the Jack Dorsey-founded crypto infrastructure project that has been largely focused on Bitcoin and which spun off from payment company Block, has partnered with stablecoin provider Circle. They'll be working to integrate USDC into TBD's TBDEX decentralized exchange and their decentralized identity platform, affectionately or panderingly known as Web5. The collaboration will create quote a set of open standards and open source technologies aimed at enabling global scale mainstream adoption of digital currency and payments and financial applications. The first step is a product to enable cross-border remittances in a self-custody wallet. The test market will be the cross-border remittance corridor between the US and Mexico, with TBD seeking to build quote ubiquitous global on-and off-ramps that connect traditional payments rails to digital assets. Data from the World Bank has Mexico as the second largest recipient of remittances in the world with 51.6 billion annually. of which is originated from the United States. Since TBD announced their Web5 project in June, the goal has been to create the infrastructure to allow crypto rails to comply with regulations around identity and KYC requirements, while maintaining privacy by using decentralized identity proofs. This partnership should assist TBD with its goal of advancing the mainstream use of crypto. TBD Chief Operating Officer Emily Chu said, The US dollar is the reserve currency today, and we think Bitcoin might be the reserve currency of tomorrow. Stablecoins are the bridge in between. She also elaborated on the need for better on- and off-ramps. This is crypto's last mile problem, how you get people in and out of crypto. Today, it's too hard for someone who isn't a crypto native to access crypto in a decentralized way, and for crypto natives to off-ramp into fiat money depending on their jurisdictions. The official TBD account tweeted, We're partnering with Circle to solve some of our biggest money challenges, including decentralized global on- and off-ramps between fiat and crypto worlds that can power global use cases from cross-border remittances to self-custody of stablecoins. Together, we can fuel the potential of crypto as a mainstream payment system, using open standards and open source technologies around stablecoin, crypto payments, and decentralized identity. An open approach is key to enabling global-scale, mainstream adoption of digital currency and payments and financial applications. The first step of which will support cross-border remittances and self-custody wallets that can hold stablecoins. Now, the big question for many out there is what this has to do with Bitcoin, if anything. TBD has been very clear about how important Bitcoin is to their vision for a digital currency world, and so this will be a test case in seeing how they connect the dots between other parts of the crypto ecosystem and the reserve currency they prefer. Speaking of Bitcoin, Jack Mahler's lightning network payments firm Strike has raised $80 million in a Series B funding round. It was led by 1031, which is a Bitcoin-focused VC firm that includes great folks like Marty Bent and Matt Odella's Partners. One of the things, if you guys listen regularly to me, that I always look for in these rounds is to see who's actually participating. Does the type of investor actually tell us anything interesting? In this case, the answer is absolutely. The round included participation from Washington University in St. Louis and the University of Wyoming, which to me is yet another example of post-narrative institutionalization. It may not be getting headlines like it used to, but endowments are still getting in the space. In any case, the additional capital will be used to enhance Strike's payment network for merchants and consumers. Strike has been working on integrations with existing payments infrastructure, including Blackhawk, NCR, and Shopify. Strike also plans to release integration APIs for existing financial institutions and businesses. Said founder Jack Mahlers, quote, Businesses and institutions want a groundbreaking experience sending payments as well. We can empower businesses to move money in ways networks such as Card Networks and Swift can't. And we pay these partners in the form of commissions to do so. Which makes it an exciting innovation for everyone. We've seen a lot of demand here. Retweeting the official announcement, Matt Odell wrote No KYC Bitcoin off ramps in every store in America. The team at Strike are going to make this a reality. Now, finally, and perhaps most surprisingly, this week we saw some signs of life in the NFT space. There was an announcement out of Meta that all Facebook and Instagram users in the US can now share NFTs and cross post between both apps which, as easy as it is to be cynical about, still represents significant mainstreaming. There was also a project from Fidenza creator Tyler Hobbs that raised almost $17 million in its initial mint. Many pointed out the irony of that happening the same day that Bloomberg posted a story about how NFT volumes were 97% off. And just really for the final rub that night, a CryptoPunk sold for something like 3300 ETH, around $4.5 million at the time. Whether you think that's a deal, or insane and justifying Fed Chair Powell's view that they need to keep tightening until excesses are flushed out, it's for you to decide. But you can't deny that it's interesting. Anyways, guys, for now, I want to say thanks again to my sponsors, Nexo.io, Chainalysis, and FTX, and thanks to you guys for listening. Until tomorrow, be safe and take care of each other. Peace. I want to tell you about Coindesk's new event, the Investing in Digital Enterprises and Asset Summit, or IDEAS. The event facilitates capital flow and market growth by connecting the digital economy with traditional finance. Join Coindesk October 18th and 19th in New York City for a 360-degree investment experience, where you can source, invest, and secure the next big deal in digital assets. Use code BREAKDOWN20 for 20% off a general pass. You can register today at coindesk.com ideas.